make your own beer it's time for just brew it brought to you by niagara tradition homebrew here's your host jeremy white and bert deister all right good saturday morning this is niagara traditions just brew it on espn 1520 and available on demand at wgr550.com if you miss any show you can find it in the uh, on-demand section of wgr's website and with me, as is the case every Saturday, is Bert Dicer of Niagara Tradition. Good morning. Good morning. And special guest this week is Dave Collins of Resurgence. Hello. Head brewer. Yes, sir. Chief executive head brewer. I feel like you <laughs> should give yourself as big a title as you possibly can. That would be ideal, Lord yeah. Lord head brewer <laughs> and all that stuff. Yes. Lord head brewer, master brewer of uh, of the Minions. Yeah. Perfect. Great. Well, we've got lots to get to on the show today. I want to, you know, kind of tell the story of Resurgence and talk home brewing like we, we normally do. You guys have a couple of events coming up. Dude Hates Cancer is August uh, 15th. Cool. Which is at your place, which yes. is going to be a fun time. So uh, first off, just a little on that. What's what's the deal with that? Uh, yeah, so a lot of home brewers come in and uh, they get to pour their, their beers and you go around, you know, any, you know, Joe Schmo off the street can come in, try all the beers, rate them or, uh, you know, vote for the best beer. My vote doesn't count because uh, apparently I'm just a bozo that runs the place. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then uh, when some, you know, whoever wins uh, basically gets to come in and brew it, brew that beer on our pilot system, and then we put it on tap and we'll uh, put your name on it and that kind of thing. So, Very cool. Or whatever name you want to put on it, I don't care if it, you call it like Smurf farts. That's fine. Uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> we can so, put it on the board. So that's the fifteenth. Is there a deadline that you've got set that you need to have the beer by, or is it? Uh, I'm not really sure okay. about that. Uh, I think Jeff it is. Hamilton it is so. full too, right? I, no, if, I think I got an email. Yeah, full, full of, brewers, of brewers, but tickets are available. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah. And Buffalo, uh, the dude hates cancer. dot com. All right. So that's that. And then today. Oh yeah, and like an hour, I got to get over, get back over, hustle my little butt over to Resurgence. Uh, we're doing kegs and eggs and experimental brews, so we'll have Belgian waffles and uh, breakfast burritos, and then I'm going to have uh, basically ten different beers on tap that we don't normally have. They're all one-offs from our pilot system, and uh, and then we're going to have two cask beers. I'm going to put. Um, our summer saison on cask with uh, dry hopped with citra and Hallertau Blanc. And then um, I'm going to have a very special cask of something else that I'm, I'm not going to mention yet. you got to go and find it's a, out. It's a surprise? It's a surprise. All right. Fair enough. All right, so kegs and eggs uh, later today, resurgence. And then uh, also if you're looking to buy any gear for uh, home brewing, store opens up at 10 o'clock this morning. And uh, – yeah, brew away. I just racked my Belgian wit, your mom's famous recipe that you like so much. Mm-hmm. I heard so, you guys talking about that. Yeah, yeah. So cool. turned out pretty. You know, I did the old uh, pop it open and give it a taste, and it tastes like beer. So now I just gotta <laughs> get, get a cold and get it carbonated and all that stuff. That's win number one. Yeah, exactly. All right, so Dave, um, take us through. You know, resurgence. I, I think about. You know, I'm, I visit you guys plenty myself, and I, I wonder sometimes with what's going on in the city. You know, you guys pick the name and how much kind of free inadvertent advertising you kind of get because the word is yeah. like a word on the lips of everybody that was the point right and, it, <laughs> and it's like genius it's worked out perfectly that that name that word not just the name of your brewing company but like yeah. that word is all over the place these days and it's got to feel good yeah actually i was watching something on tv somebody in a like a news thing and they were talking about 
the resurgence of one thing or another. And every time I hear that, I'm like, yeah, they said it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> you know? it's like drink every yeah. time you see it. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the point of the name really is to be part of the resurgence of the craft beer industry. Uh, the resurgence of Buffalo's economy as a whole, and uh, also the resurgence of the West Side. We're trying to bring that neighborhood back up, you know, and we're uh, and we support a lot of local businesses. We have, you know, Grandma Mora's burritos in there, Buffalo Burrito Company's burritos, um, and then we have like the you know Bread Hive makes bread bowls, and they we actually give them spent grain, and they make bread bowls out of it. And then they sell the bread back to us, and then we sell the bread bowl to you. So nice. Um, we I give we give them the spent grain for free, obviously, but um, you know and stuff like that. So we're always we're trying to support local everything. Uh, I use as much uh, like bata- uh, malt from Batavia as I can. Um, this year we're going to be doing a bunch of different. Uh, well, actually, I have nobody on right now, which is. Uh, we have little gnomes in our brewery. I'm yeah, sure I've you've seen noticed. Them. I've yeah. seen them. There's one that's. Uh, well, I know where it is. I can't say it on the air. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know that one. Yeah. Yeah, there's that one. Uh, which, if you spot that guy, you're, he's having a good time. And then, uh, so we call them our gnome buddies. And then last year we had a beer that we called Gnome Buddy Loves You. And then this year we have a uh, beer called Gnome Buddies Your Neighbor because we used all New York grain, New York hop for it. So it's a Belgian pale ale, and we aged it on uh, Moroccan bitter orange peel and cracked pepper. So, very that. cool. Well, how did you get started in this? Because a lot of people that listen to this show are home brewers who are either at like yeah. step one, step ten, or you know guys like yourself that are um, professionally doing this to, to you know put food on the table and to put beer in your glass. How did you get started? Uh, probably less food, more beer. But yeah. um, so. <laughs> Uh, that's kind of a long story. I was uh, bartending at a hotel in Florida for five years, and they basically made me do a wine sommelier course. So the more I studied about it, the history and all that, uh, the more I noticed how pretentious it was. And then I, I bought a book called Brew Chem 101. And uh, for the first time in my life, everything I read actually stuck in my brain, and I didn't have to reread it three times. So I pretty sure that means I have like ADD or something but anyway so uh, <laughs> but not when it comes to this but not when it comes to this so um anyway so we you know I read that book and I was like oh, I really like the beer thing so I made a couple terrible homebrew homebrews with extract at, in my Florida apartment and then uh, I went into Orlando Brewing Company to intern which they just threw me on a bottle labeler and uh, I was making mixed, like, six-packs and stuff out of egg crates and into, you know, cartons and stuff like that. And I would bug the head brewer a little bit. And he's like, what you should really do is look for, like, a brew school. And that would help. And I, so I went home, and I found out on the Internet that there was a brewmaster school opening up in Niagara College, Canada. And uh, so I applied for it, got accepted. As soon as that happened, I quit my job at the Ritz uh, Carlton Hotel down there, which I'd worked for five years, sold my house, sold my car, sold my house for half what it was worth, actually. Moved up here to Buffalo, found a little dingy apartment on uh, North North and Elmwood, and um, commuted across the border, got the Nexus Pass. So five days a week, I was going to the brew school, um, and then uh, I got a job finally bartending and brewing at the Buffalo Brew Pub, Mm -hmm. so I'd Bartended four nights a week, brewed about three days a week in the brewery, uh, interned at Flying Bison under Tim Herzog, 
and then I and I had brew school, so I had about negative three days off a week for two years, and uh, so and all the while we were home brewing, me and my brother, and we built ourselves a, a nice homebrew setup with a couple of kegs that we ripped the tops off, we put valves on them, uh, we bought a little, basically a little peristolic pump from a uh, what fish, you know whatever those people that sell fish uh, right. tanks and crap like that. Yeah. So, uh, and then we. You know, as we went through, as I went through brew school, our homebrews actually started to become drinkable, which was cool. And actually, in August 2011, I just looked it up. We made a peanut butter porter, and that that then I saw that style blow up recently. And we made it at the brewery, and it went really well. Yeah. So um, we might do that again this winter, but it's so hard to do because you got to use the peanut butter powder and you got to dry hop with it, basically. You know, so I make the porter, finish it. And then I move it into another tank with the peanut butter powder, which kind of globs up and settles out, but it still gives you a ton of peanut butter flavor. Yeah, you got to keep mixing it. It ends up like yeah. a hard layer of silt at the bottom of the fermenter, no oh, matter yeah. how big or I can imagine on your yeah. size what it does. <laughs> so imagine cleaning that yeah. out of the bottom of a fermenter. It's a yeah. pain. So basically for you, it, it was a, a case of you found home brewing, brewing and like immediately it was just like, I'm going to do this. Yeah, for sure. That's exactly how it went down. <laughs> and since then, you it was know, the only thing I ever really like found myself actually caring about, you know. Yeah. And do you find that you learn stuff every day? I mean, are you oh, are, the, absolutely. are you read, you know, whatever there are textbooks or who wrote the book on brewing, you know, there's home brew chem 101. Is there a brew chem 505 or a or a 909? <laughs> is there a book that you is there a magazine like if you want to keep going and yeah. keep learning, um what materials would you recommend? Um Everything you can find, you know, books, there's those books, you know, on brew water and uh, hop and malt and yeast. And if you pick up those four books, uh, I forget who they're written by, but it just said like the title is just hops. And then the other one is water and that kind of thing. Those four books are really incredibly helpful to start with. And I'm sure you've read those, right? Yep. I think I've read through them all. I think uh, yeast I read through uh, about three times. Yeah. I'm talking about the ADHD and trying to get through material. I had to pull out some, like, old college biology books and notes to kind of get through the first half of that one. But (laughs) once I did, I really saw instant improvement in my own beer. And so you're talking about even if you've been brewing for 10 years or all of a sudden there are times where you just – all of a sudden, every one of your beers gets better overnight. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, yeah exactly. And you feel stupid afterwards, so you didn't do it before. Right. But in some cases, the information wasn't out there. And so you're yeah, just right. kind of, somebody has to stumble upon it, somebody has to put it into writing, and then you got to read it and trust it and, you know, put it yeah. in your product. Well, th- usually those books that are written and published, they're pretty, you know, outstanding. Those guys that do that kind of stuff, uh, that spend the time on just learning this one thing, you know, and then write a book about it. That's, you know, you can't get any better than that guy. So, um, and I've met some of those guys at brood conferences and stuff like that. And, you know, just to try to pick their brains, you're like, all right, wait, you know, all right, I'm the head brewer at a brewery, but this guy is leagues ahead of me on this, you know, facet. And um, so if anybody ever tells you that they know everything about brewing, they're complete bozos because they don't. Nobody knows everything about brewing. There's uh, even, you know, using the title master brewer or brewmaster makes me uncomfortable because, you know, I only went to school for it and I only did this. I only did that. And you're like, uh, there's always so much more to learn, so much more to know about it. Um, you know, I, I like Tim Herzog, he can use the title master brewer. He's been in this business for 15, 16 years. Um, 
you know, and I, I guess you're a master of a craft after seven years, and I've only been professionally brewing about five, five and a half. So, um, you know, it's one of those things that's always an evolving thing. You know, our beers last year from Resurgence are better this year than they were, you know. So, and we keep little six tools of pretty much everything we do, and then we taste it, taste test them usually blind against the other one, and you know, so it's ever it's an ever evolving craft, and you can always get better. So, um, and every book you can pick up, but I have a deluge of information from the brew schools that from brew school that you know some of it you just study a little bit so that you can pass a test, and then you're like, all right, I'll go back to that. Right, but you right. know, so. Every now and again, I'll pull some something up on the computer and read it and that kind of stuff. Um, but and then my assistant brewer came in and he had different teachers, so they had different information, and because um, he went to the brew school as well, so he can he you know he's got all sorts of extra info info that I don't have, and uh, so there's it yeah it's, and to answer your question in a very long roundabout way, <laughs> there's a lot to a lot to know and nobody knows it all. I think it's funny just picture a book titled Yeast. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. yeah. The way you said it's like, oh, I enjoyed yeast. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be short and simple. And, and no, no. Yeah. You're learning about the yeah the glycolytic pathways, ATP and ADPs, and you know that kind of stuff. So all right, well, we've got to get a break in. When we get back, you told us a bit of your story. I want to get the the story of Resurgence, the you know the brewery oh, itself, yeah, and what sorry. you guys. Are, I mean, we got well, we got plenty of time. <laughs> it's uh, just brew it Niagara tradition. Uh, put, we put on this show each and every week to help you with your you know your home brewing questions, introduce you to the brewing craft brew culture in town. So uh, we'll get a break in. We'll get more with Dave Collins from Resurgence Brewing Company. That's up next here on ESPN fifteen twenty. Jeremy White here for Niagara Tradition Home Brewing Supplies. You're listening to Just Brew It, which means either you homebrew or you're thinking about it. Wherever you are in the process, Niagara Tradition Homebrew is your source for everything homebrewing. Do what I did. Get a starter kit, and you'll be well on your way. Niagara Tradition will be there to answer your questions, give you advice, and as I try to become a more seasoned brewer, I know I can count on Niagara Tradition to be there with the supplies and the advice I need. Niagara Tradition Home Brewing Supplies. 1296 Sheridan Drive, near Military, in Tonawanda. Open Monday through Friday, 11 to 7, Saturdays, 10 to 4, and 24-7 at nthomebrew.com. Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Pay them a visit, and remember to just brew it. All right, welcome back here on Niagara Tradition's Just Brew It. We are on Twitter, at Just Brew It. You can also uh, send us questions right at the website, which is nthomebrew.com. My name is Jeremy White. We're here every Saturday morning, and Bert Dicer from Niagara Tradition is here as well. He's the one when you send a question of the week. Bert's the one that answers it. I'm the one that pays attention and tries to take down some of the information for my own home brewing. And uh, with us this week as a guest is Dave Collins, head brewer at Resurgence Brewing Company. Hello. Howdy. So, all right, we got your your little story, Dave, on how you got involved in uh, in home brewing. Talk to us about Resurgence and what you view, what you envision maybe as the role that, that your brewery plays in the resurgence of the craft scene, which is something you mentioned. Um, and maybe what's next? Like, like you, what are you guys thinking? What, when, you, when you see what you've accomplished, which is obviously an awful lot in such a short period of time, what do you think from here? Uh, yeah, we made, uh, this past year we made a little bit, almost about a hundred different styles of beer and different beers and um so really our most popular was uh shoot probably the vanilla cappuccino pumpkin ale okay yeah that was that went really well we're gonna do that again this year okay um so well right now currently our summer saison is the most popular beer it's selling 
you know, three to one over IPA and everything else. So um, everybody likes that kind of light, refreshing beer. But um, really, I I don't know. Our, our role is yet to be seen, I think. There's so many breweries still opening up in the near future. There's the New York Beer Project. There's 12 Gates, and there's uh, 42 North, I think that's, that one's called. I'm not good with my latitude and longitudes. Um, but anyway, so, you know, there's a there's – a lot to be seen what what they're going to come out with what they're going to try to focus on you know if you think like lagunitas they're kind of a hop forward brewery you know and then you think like dogfish head and they make all sorts of historical beers and stuff Mm -hmm. like that i guess we're the brewery in town that makes all sorts of weird crap (laughs) and off the wall stuff and you know we're uh i i guess we just don't take ourselves too seriously we just kind of like you know want to put out a lot of fun pro uh projects a lot of fun beers and um i don't know we're we're kind of the goofy guys in in town i think whereas a lot of people can get really serious about this thing or that thing we're kind of like you know whatever i mean you want to throw loganberry into my wit do it you know that's (laughs) i don't have any like feelings is that ideal for you as as like the guy that's that's brewing it you just get to be completely creative and you just have an idea pop and you wake up from a dream and think like i'm gonna make i don't know whatever you feel like that's the most fun part. I think recipe development is pretty much the one thing that uh, really drew me into this industry was, you know, you get a homebrew kit and you can do an amber ale and you're like, all right, well, that was a good amber ale, but what can I do to it that's mm-hmm. going to make it different from other amber ales? You know what I mean? Can I throw almonds in this thing? Maybe. I don't know. Um, can you then, throw almonds in it? I think you can. Hazelnut's <laughs> <laughs> so, pretty common. Yeah. Where, do, where do you draw the line now, too? So you guys right. do a lot of experimental beers, and it's the one thing that I love when I come in there is just about half the tap list is different. I don't get out enough. But <laughs> right. um, So where, where's the line when you look at these? I mean, when where's the line when you're looking at you know creating a recipe? And then when you actually brew something, is there a line where you say, oh, I don't know if the public should see this? Or... <laughs> Often, a lot of times, I think you guys throw a lot of stuff out there that, you know, I would be biting my nails on. And, and you're talking about, you know, peppercorn dry hopped beer. Yeah. It, Jeremy asked me a couple of weeks ago, what was the weirdest thing that I've ever put in a beer? And I think you've taught me in about like three recipes you've mentioned today. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, I mean, I guess, as you guys know, it's a lot like cooking and just knowing the different amount, like amounts of what spice to put in and stuff like that. There, we made that Belgian triple with sage and lemon zest, and uh, we put the lemon zest in the finished beer. But I put an ounce and a half of sage into the whirlpool of that, of, and and this is for 15 barrels of beer. Ounce and a half of sage into the whirlpool. And you could taste it in the finished beer. It was huge. It was a big, big, strong flavor. So knowing not to go over, you know, um, you know, just over spice or over dry hop or anything like that is is uh, one of those things you get from homebrewing a ton of, you know, small batch things where you're like, oh, that was too much. I'm not yeah. doing that again. <laughs> that's, that's not going to happen again. And you guys still do. I mean, when you're going to do an experimental batch, you'll do one on your pilot system, right? right. I mean, you're not going to fire up the whole machine for no. a huge thing just to take a run at apples or I don't know. Like You're, you're <laughs> going gonna to give it a shot first. Sometimes we do. I, you know, there's certain beers where you're like, this will be good. I promise, you know, and then, but other beers, yes, we do it on the pilot. And if it, you know, comes out like garbage, then I'll just dump it. But uh, which has happened once. We I added white chocolate to a blonde ale, and it just 
and but the white chocolate stuff was like a milk base instead of you know like a alcohol base and it just came out this like cloudy milky looking beard and maybe it tasted good but i i'll i'll never know because i just dumped it i was like nope that's a i didn't let jeff try it i didn't let my assistant brewer try it i'm like because nope. of the, just because of the appearance yeah do you, fi- just, do you find that appearance of a beer makes a big difference sometimes i mean the I don't mind if a beer is cloudy, especially like IPAs and stuff like that. Yeah, fine. It should be cloudy. It's okay. Um, but if you have like a Meritzen or not, you know, Oktoberfest, basically, you, it should be clear. Like that should have – I think, you know, as far as brewing a beer to a certain style, if you claim you're throwing up – you know, you're calling your shot, right? So if I'm making a lager, it should taste like a lager. You know, and if I'm making a Meritzen, it should taste like a Meritzen. And, um, you know, or half a Weiss. It should taste like a half a Weiss. So to to get the the right grain in there, making sure you use, you know, Pilsner malt and German yeast and then the right ingredients, um, that's your first step. And I don't care if it's a lager or anything else. If it's done right and to style and clean, it's a good beer. You know, there's a lot of people that hate on, like, Irish Reds and hate on, you know, Kolsch's and stuff. You're like, no, if it's done correctly then it's a good beer just because you don't like it you know it's one of those things where i think we need to teach uh beer nerds like the language that my mom taught me when i was a kid like i hate broccoli it sucks and you're like my mom's like no it's not for you just say you don't care for it you know right Um, it doesn't make it not broccoli yeah (laughs) it's it's still broccoli yeah you can put cheese on it how about that (laughs) but um anyway so it's, it's really about uh i don't know sometimes the craft beer community is just so like angry about one style or another you're like no it's still good beer you gotta relax on that but uh i lost track of what the question was now <laughs> uh what was the question um but either way i don't know yeah, I don't <laughs> we're know. just riffing this is which is fine yeah uh so really you know just knowing the right amount of what to put in a beer and then hoping you know that's kind of the first step we do that on the pilot system a lot but like the um Belgian triple with the sage and lemon. I was like, no, this is just going to be good. I'm going to make it. And uh, we just fired up the 15 barrel system and did it, you know, and it was, uh, and it came out great. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, but we do that sometimes. Like Jeff was like, well, do you want to pilot the Oktoberfest? I'm like, Jeff, I worked for Gordon Biersch making lagers for two years. I can make you an Oktoberfest. Trust me, you know, this is not going to be hard to do. So I, you know, put through 30 barrels of that Oktoberfest and went really well. We're going to do it. I'm brewing it on Friday. So. And, and it, would you, from year to year, because you guys had an Oktoberfest party last year. Yeah. I think I drank out of that mug that I got at last night. Uh, yeah. Will you change it at all? Or do you just like, do you have your standard go-to Oktoberfest? Well, yeah, I think, uh, so we added a little bit of the last last batch of Oktoberfest we made. I added one extra bag of uh, biscuit malt and uh, on top of a lot of Munich, uh, Kara Munich and uh, Munich Type 2 and uh, Munich is basically the base, yeah. And um, it came out really nice. And then, but I really wanted that biscuity character, so I added a bag of uh, Castle's biscuit malt. And then the last batch, I was like, you know what? Throw in another bag of biscuit malt. See if it comes out better or worse, or if anybody even notices. Nobody noticed. Yeah. <laughs> and it was fi- fifty-five extra pounds of biscuit malt. Nobody noticed. But I'm going to do that again because I really want that biscuity, bready, you know, kind of character to it. 
The same question applies to, I know you have uh, the summer road trip IPA. Yeah. When you did the first one, is because you went out and you picked up a bunch of hops on a road trip. Yep. Same thing? Same yeah. hops or it different was, hops? Actually, to get that Citra, I had to drive back to uh, Ithaca and get those hops from, well, I got them from Brent over at Wagner Valley. So, yeah, same road trip, actually. <laughs> so, uh, I think that that's why we did it. It was all Citra and Galaxy, and um, so we kept it the same. But I think next year what we're going to do is I'm going to make a different road trip somewhere. I'm going to find another brewery with a brewery, you know, that has different hops. And then we're going to make a road trip, and then we're going to make that beer. And I don't care what the hops are, even if they're, you know, New York hops or something, and we had to make a road trip out to Canandaigua to pick them up or something like that, uh, that will be the new road trip. So, Are you learning about – as we have a few minutes left here. Are you learning about um... – cycles of taste like ipa had a huge craze and they say now saison is big do you think it's yearly monthly or is it just like random uh i think it's a little bit of everything every, everything but uh people's you know beer tastes are evolving and you know i would never imagine five years ago that it goes in a can would ever go anywhere you know but uh, you know, you get Anderson Valley's, you know, Blood Orange goes and they're whatever the yink or whatever that is. I don't know what it's called, but, um, you know, that's a really popular beer and it's got salt added to it and coriander and stuff like that. And it's uh, got, you know, that lactic acid and stuff. And I would have never imagined that people would go for that. So um, but people's tastes are evolving. And as people get more educated about beer, um you know, you see people start kind of with wits, and then they go into, uh, and then they go into like pale ales, and then IPAs, and then they start to get into Belgians and stuff. And I think there, it, it's a little bit of a cycle, cyclical thing because in brew school, I was, you know, we we had so many IPAs at tastings and stuff like that, and then we had all these sours, and then I was like, I just want a really nice Czech pilsner. So I think it's this big circle mm-hmm. of, uh, of beer life, I guess, and it goes around. Uh, but it also, I think, is guided by uh, guys like you that, you know, you have the microphone or, or people that have the, the pen and paper and uh, can blog about different beer styles and stuff because then somebody reads about it and they're like, oh, I got to try that. Yeah. You know, and uh, like you talk about the road trip. Now, I guarantee some people are going to be like, oh, I got to try that, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So um, I think it's guided by the guys that are uh, really, ex- you know, passionate about it, really excited about different beers, and then have an opportunity to talk about it uh, out loud and to a lot of people's ears, you know. Dave Collins, Resurgence Brewing. We're out of time for today's show, so uh, you should come back sometime. I would love to, sometime, sure. Sometime soon. Yeah. Bert, that was Good easy. Afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good listen for us there today. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, no, that's all right. Uh, either place, uh, Resurgence open 10 o'clock for kegs and eggs today. Today. And if you want to brew, you know, get to uh, Niagara tradition, pick up your supplies, and go brew yourself. Beer, 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 beer. You've been listening to Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Home Brew. Whether you're a seasoned brewer or just want to get started, visit them at 1296 Sheridan Drive in Tonawanda or online at nthomebrew.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Just Brew It.